Hello and welcome to Integral Teaching, presented by teachingintothefuture.com. My name is Diane Walters, and I've got a series of podcasts based on what I call the unfinished lesson, leaving room for the students. Let's get right to it. I think as teachers, we've all experienced a moment where we're not prepared to teach our lesson. We've either had complicated home life, or we're tired, or we've had a meeting, or what have you, but we have not prepared. And so that offers a unique opportunity to move into what I call radical unknowing towards teaching a lesson. And it's when we abandon being a presenter, and we turn towards our students as the true subjects of a lesson. We generate a true meeting place of souls, like a crossing point of a lemniscate. So there's then the possibility to begin to relate to a living dynamic that is germinating within the hidden and as yet unknowable content of the lesson at hand. In an article written by Dr. Liston, The Lure of Learning, he talked about the belief that connections fostered between teachers and students entail the success of the learning experience. Again, you've heard me talking about this in almost every podcast. And he highlights the love of the learning and how it can be utilized and developed through the teaching process as examples that illuminate the subject of education, namely dealing with the question of the learning process itself. Furthermore, he identifies the act of reaching into the unknown as an approach to engaging students and teachers in a new and enlivening way. It's the nature of holistic learning, one which needs to engage concrete experimentation, improvisation, and prototyping. I think that when we begin to intuit the needs of the teachable learning moment in the classroom, it starts to become clear and real for us in a totally new way. And it happens when we're not really prepared. It happens that we stand in front of our students and we have to intuit the needs of what is in front of us in a way to read the mood of the students at hand. Are they tired? Are they expectant? Are they bored? It's a good time for questions. It's a good time for review. It's a good time to kind of work with teaching as improvisation. What the Buddhist calls sacred mind or beginner's mind in the classroom, it reminds us that when we work with the unknowable, radical unknowing, we're looking at taking a risk, a dive into what is not there yet. It's a necessary tool to use while teaching. It indicates that there is something unfinished, It's a reminder to teach out of the deep interest and to embrace the yet unknown element of intuiting something new. It's a thinking into the future on an intuitive level. And in so doing, I found great joy of something I had not yet prepared, but that was deeply emergent in the classroom. So emergent learning. I had to ask myself, so what kind of teaching allows for something to emerge? Yes, inquiry really works with that. But there's also a level of not just speaking, but of a deep listening. It's a deep listening and letting go of the need to control the outcome, to believe in letting come instead. 
It's just looking at sacred mind in the classroom. It's looking at how we can participate more consciously in dialogue with emergent instruction as we learn to develop our capacity for being present for the students and for ourselves with little agenda. It was often the times that I had the most fun and that I really laughed with the kids because it's as though they sensed that something was being birthed anew and as I didn't know what was coming, I was running by the seat of my pants with where we had come from, but where we were leading into. It's the kind of teaching that I think I hold most sacred and most dear. Ideas that have a life force that manifest in the love between teachers and students are really ideas that cultivate creative thinking and support relationships and navigate us like a compass past the limits of our personality towards deeper guidance into the unknown. So again, what does this look like? It's the ability to work with principles of love over mere knowledge with our students. Such knowledge is never complete or finished. Rudolf Steiner identified that moral intuition is the principle of incompleteness, which reaches into the infinite more than a finite sense of accomplishment for having finished a lesson. So if we're not finite human beings, but our culture portrays us as finite in a way, because our culture really works with dead-end concepts, with knowledge as something to be memorized, gained, something that we could lose. We have to abandon this perception of knowledge as a commodity and work with knowledge as a gnosis, right? Of that never-ending journey towards the unknown and the perhaps unknowable. To look at the invisible behind the visible. And what lies in the invisible are all the things that we have yet to discover it's the journey into the unknown. I'd like to quote once again Parker Palmer, who in 1998 in The Courage to Teach suggested this, openness to transcendence is what distinguishes the community of truth from both absolutism and relativism. In this community, the process of truth-knowing and truth-telling is neither dictatorial or, nor anarchic. Instead, it is a complex and eternal dance of intimacy and distance, speaking and listening, of knowing and not knowing, that makes collaborators and co-conspirators of the knowing and the known. So working as a teacher actively with the faculty of intuition, intuiting subject lessons is the theme of the consciously planned, unfinished classroom. One of my other teachers, M.C. Richards, who was a potter, a poet, an amazing person who wrote the book Centering early on, which was a guide for not only many artists worldwide, but also teachers. One of her other books was called Towards Wholeness. She said that this willingness to enter into radical unknowing embrace dynamic possibilities and cultivate the hope in inspiring greater interest and understanding of the world. And that 
is the province of the teacher. And really intuiting the unknown is the act of leaving room for the students. What is it to leave room for the students? Where do you, as a teacher, leave room in learning? Where is the listening more than the presenting? Where is the emergent moment in the lesson? Or shall I say, where, the, where are the emergent moments? There should be more than one and it should be unrolling itself and unveiling itself like a beautiful tapestry in the classroom. That is to work out of what we think of as a lure into greater mysteries. The lure that we really want to bring as teachers to our students is an unquenchable thirst for knowledge. Otto Scharmer, who runs the Presencing Institute, but he wrote the U Theory, which suggests that a learning experience where the future is ever-present as we continually discover our part in bringing that future to pass. This theory has three stages. One is sensing, the second is presencing, and the third is realizing. And when I take this, they bear a similar stamp to Dewey's, John Dewey, who is the father of much modern-day education and his learning cycle of advocating that a difference between working with a theory of experience, that you must first be aware of the nature of human experience and to observe, discover, and invent new actions and present new content from those actions is actually a contrast to Steiner's work with reaching into the future and sensing, presencing, and realizing. So really when you walk into your classroom unprepared and you sense the needs of the students in front of you and you get real and you get present, which is where they are living in a very present kind of way. And uh, if you notice Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, you if they're still on Facebook, what you really see is the level of transparency from what they are eating for breakfast to who they are with. And the selfie generation that is really the, the privacy factor has disappeared and the presencing factor is there. And so to work with that level of emergent presence in the classroom and realize what it is that can be beheld in the subject matter. It's turning your classroom, if you are teaching in a classroom and not online, into a living theater where the students have various roles to play. And I invite them up to the blackboard to be scribes. I invite them to create the content of what might have been a recap from another lesson. In earlier grades, it might be a living sentence that's emergent out of the story, and they become the story as they act it out. And while we have a scribe and while we have somebody who's, who's more introverted, perhaps, or as, as a reader of what What's going on while other kids are writing it in their books. So it's a multifaceted approach to letting the students come alive in the theater of the classroom. I recently presented this idea to a first grade teacher I was working with and who has been online for most of the year in a first grade situation. And 
I presented the idea of her laptop as a puppet theater and that everything in front of that puppet theater, because the children's imaginations are so big at that age, they could pick up a ballpoint pen in front of them and turn it into a little puppet. And so we were, you know, working up language for a grade one and what the different words would be and how you can make the laptop into a puppet theater screen and each of them having their own theater of mind and the things at hand in front of them as a way to engage and participate in the lessons. This is what I'm talking about. You don't need to be in the classroom. You can be at home and teaching online and really working with something that's alive and emergent. And what that is is it calls something out of us. It calls us not to be more prepared, but to be present with our students, to show up the way we want them to show up. And right now, one of the things I'm looking at in online schooling and online courses is basically a webinar for the students to watch that's pre-recorded for them to watch and uh, listen to and then engage on their own. And it would take a lot for a young child to be alone with that and learn that kind of engagement without something a little bit more juicy and alive to capture their attention and interest. So what I call teaching online or offline is something that doesn't let us go to sleep either as a teacher or as a student. And when we're not prepared to use that as a living teachable moment for ourselves and for our students to really walk into a mystery together. Thank you for listening to Integral Teaching, presented by Teaching Into the Future, and I hope to see you again. If I piqued your interest, it would really help if you would rate my show either by a like or giving me your personal rating. I'm just starting out here, and I've got a whole lot more for you. So stay tuned for my next podcast, Letting Go and Letting Come. Thank you.